0: A warm welcome to all who join us today. I've got my mug from Puerto Vallarta just to remind us to pray for Mexico, many needing help in that country in this current crisis. Many of us ask, can anyone help me? As one of the pastors of Willingdon, I acknowledge that I need help. This COVID-19 crisis keeps evolving. How should I lead in this season? What do people really need? How do I care for people I can't see in person? So I try to equip myself. I read the relevant literature, and there's a ton of it. Attend leadership seminars, webinars. Last week, I attended a leadership summit where I learned that some of the most well-known and accomplished leaders in the world are struggling with depression. Why? Because we're living a VUCA moment. And now some are asking, VUCA? Is that even a word? (laughs) VUCA, it's a term first developed by the American military. To describe unstable, moments where a situation is changing rapidly, it's an acronym for V, volatile, U, uncertain, C, complex, and A, ambiguous. Today's world is a V, volatile world because the world is unstable and changing quickly. Today's world is, you, uncertain because no one can predict the future and no one understands what is happening, at least not fully. No one knows how long the pandemic will last. Today's world is C-complex because there are so many factors involved and it's impossible to analyze everything. Today's world is a-ambiguous because things are fuzzy and vague. VUCA has become a catch all term for, hey, it's crazy out there. If someone asks you how you are doing during this COVID 19 crisis, just say, I'm having a VUCA moment. Maybe that'll help you. And this is true for many, including the medical health officers, government leaders, economists, and leadership experts. Everyone around me seems to need my help. My aging parents, my wife, my children, other pastors, church members, friends. But can anyone help me? Maybe you're struggling because of an illness and your future is uncertain. Or you're unemployed and the job market is unpredictable. Or you're a student and you wonder what your educational future will actually look like. Or you are so tired of this COVID-19 thing, you can't even stand to hear another comment about it. Each of us asks, is there anyone who can help me? As I was preparing this message, I remembered being four or five years of age, lying awake at night, waiting for my father to come home. My father, he served as a member of the Stillwood Camp Society. And as a volunteer member, he would go to the camp in the evening to work on projects. The camp was about a 40-minute drive from our home. So I remember not being able to sleep, worried, because he was far away in the mountains, at least in my mind, driving at night, I worried he might fall asleep at the wheel, drive off the road into Cultus Lake and drown. My father was my security, but if something happened to him, who would care for me? My mother would try to comfort me and encourage me to to fall asleep. It will be okay, Raymond. Only my parents can call me Raymond. I could not fall asleep until he returned because I felt helpless. The situation was out of my control and life felt really fragile. If my father died, who would care for me? No matter how young or how old we are, we don't want to face life alone. We want someone we can trust to watch over us, care for us, protect us, help us. Is there anyone who can help? If you're asking this question today, This psalm is for you. Psalm 121 is a song of ascent, sung as the people of Israel made their pilgrimage up to Mount Zion, up to the hills of Jerusalem to worship during the three major annual pilgrimage feasts. The psalm, it begins with a question. Psalm 121, verse one, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? In the ancient world, people would often look to the hills for help. They believed in a higher realm of the gods. The mountains, they were revered as places of worship closer to the spiritual realm. Shrines and altars to the gods were often erected on the hills. There's still evidence of this around the world. Mount Fuji in Japan, Machu Picchu in Peru, Mount Olympus in Greece, Mount Kalish in China. Now, what's interesting about Mount Kalish is that five religions hold it to be sacred, and each religion has a different understanding of the sacred power dwelling on Mount Kalish and how that power should be understood and worshipped. What would we understand about God if we just looked at the mountains? This summer, I rode my motorcycle through the mountains of British Columbia, the Cascades, through the Okanagan, the Kootenays, the Rockies. I saw mountain after mountain. I sat at the base of Mount Robson, the highest peak in the Canadian Rockies. Sat there for about an hour and I asked myself, what would I understand about God or the spiritual realm if I just looked at Mount Robson? What would I know about God if I climbed the mountain? Looking at the mountain, I would have some understanding of a higher realm, of a higher power, but I would actually understand very little. How do you relate to spiritual power? You may try to manipulate it for your benefit, but you never actually know whether or not you can trust it or whether the power even cares. In July... Three missions to Mars were launched by China, the United Arab Emirates, and the USA. Missions with the express purpose of developing technology and finding signs of life on Mars. Now from a technological perspective, super fascinating. But what is most amazing to me is how little we know about what's out there. And how little we have heard through our radio telescopes. Lots of silence. In the ancient world, the hills and the stars represented the domains of of different gods, gods of money, war, wisdom, and healing. People believed in many gods. So in a crisis, they would do their best to appease the right gods to make life work for them. In some ways, an exercise similar to using medical officers and financial experts and government leaders to make life work for us as if our well-being depended entirely on them. The pilgrim of Psalm 121, ascending to Jerusalem, lifts up his eyes to the hills around Jerusalem and with longing asks, where does my help come from? He longs for protection, care, guidance, blessing. Listen to his open and unashamed answer to his own question. Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. From whom? The Lord. You see that Lord is written in capital letters. The way translators indicate that, the word is the proper name for God, Yahweh. The name appears five times in this short psalm. The revelation of this name is not to be taken for granted. It's a a gift. It reveals God's character. The root of the word is, I am. The Lord always was, always is, and always will be. He has no beginning and no end. His character doesn't change. The psalmist says in Psalm 124, verse 8, Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He recognizes God as the supreme creator who has universal, unlimited power. Nothing and no one can stop him. No government, no virus, no weather pattern. He alone reigns over not just a mountain, but the whole created universe. And so he exclaims, my helper has the whole universe in his hands. Everything that is not God himself, it depends on him to exist. All of creation, every living thing and every person, and I do too. Listen to the words of uh, worship from the psalm writer in Psalm 146, Psalm 146, verse 2. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. "'Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, "'in whom there is no salvation, like a Trudeau or a Trump. "'When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. "'On that very day his plans perish. "'Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, "'whose hope is in the Lord his God, "'who made heaven and earth, the sea, "'and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, "'who executes justice for the oppressed.'" who gives food to the hungry. The Bible is the story of the Lord revealing himself to be the one who is not only divine, but powerful and compassionate, gracious, merciful. He sets prisoners free, lifts up those who are down cares for the fatherless, rescues the immigrant, frees the oppressed, and feeds the hungry. The Lord, Yahweh, is the one who not only has the power to help, but wants to help and does help. The Lord is my help. This is the pilgrim's confession. Now, note that Psalm 121 is a dialogue. It begins with the question and the answer of the pilgrim. And then the priest of Jerusalem responds to the pilgrim's open and unashamed confession with blessing. This is Psalm 121, verse 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. One word dominates the last six verses of the psalm. It appears six times. The word is keep. It means simply to watch over, to guard, to attend to carefully. The priest says to the pilgrim, Your help, Yahweh, the Lord, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. In all the paths of life, he is ever watchful. In the heat of the day, you'll notice that security guards sometimes take a siesta. They doze off. In the middle of the night, they might sleep when no one is watching. It's always fun to wake up a guard when they have fallen asleep and watch them try to regain composure and act as if they were on high alert the whole time. Yahweh does not sleep. Yahweh, the Lord, will not let your foot be moved, the priest says. Keeping feet steady is an image of security in Scripture. A few weeks ago on Maine Island, I jogged up Mount Park. The path through the forest, it widens, it narrows, it leads you up and down windy trails, forces you to dance between the roots of the trees and navigate loose rocks. In a similar way, secure footing is important in the path of life. The Lord holds our feet to the path both day and night, and he's personal. Verse 4 states that the one who keeps Israel The one who watches over God's people also keeps us personally. He's the good personal shepherd of Psalm 23 who guides, who protects and blesses. His constant vigilant presence can be counted on. In the ancient world, pagan gods presumably fell asleep. In one country, I remember watching a worshiper stand before the shrine of his God, ring the gong to wake up the God, throw money to appease the God, and then quickly say a prayer, hoping the God had awakened. Yahweh, he never sleeps. He is always present and ready and able to help. Whether we are asleep or awake, at home or away, Yahweh is present to help and protect. So the pilgrim can sing openly and unashamedly, my personal helper never tires. My personal helper never tires. And this would be enough, but the priestly blessing continues. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord is your keeper. The way a gardener watches over a garden, a watchman watches over the city, a guard protects a property, or a lighthouse keeper keeps the traveler safe. Over the past month, I spent some time observing the Point Atkinson lighthouse in West Vancouver and the Georgia Point lighthouse of Maine Island. These lighthouses were erected in the late 1800s to warn traveling trips, uh, ships, sorry, of danger and provide guidance. Originally, they were cared for by lighthouse keepers. But today, they're fully automated. According to a recent Globe and Mail article, the last lighthouse keeper lives on Mosher Island, just off the coast of Nova Scotia. The lighthouse there was fully automated by the Canadian Coast Guard in 1990, but the keepers, Mr. and Mrs. Drew, decided to stay on the island and live off their farm and occasionally rescue a struggling sailor. After a recent trip to the mainland, they were told to self-quarantine, to self-isolate and observe physical distancing. Not too hard when you're the only residence on the island. a Three kilometer long patch of rock and spruce trees that sh- they share with two dogs, eight goats, a dozen chickens, two cats, and a few ducks. The waters around Mosher Island can be treacherous. The sea that thrashes at the rocks along Nova Scotia's southern shore has claimed hundreds of ships since record-keeping began there. Now, with modern navigational technology, most ships and boats do not need the lighthouse. But, as Mr. Drew says, the new automated light can shine brightly, but if you need help at sea, it cannot come and rescue you. On the other hand, the Lord is our keeper. He warns us of danger. He shows us the way. He illumines our path, and when we need help, he will be at our side. The psalmist declares The Lord is your shade on your right hand. In other words, he's close to you, right at your side. He protects you, covers you. He's not intimidated by the treacherous waters you may be passing through. So the pilgrim can say openly and unashamedly in Psalm 21, my helper is with me at all times. He writes, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. This sentence is called a Hebrew merism, where you place polar opposites side by side to communicate the whole. Another example is saying Jesus is the beginning and the end. He is the Lord of the beginning and the end and everything in between, Lord of the whole. God protects by day and by night. He is with us, protecting us all the time. The Apostle Paul says something similar in Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whether we are in a VUCA moment or not, the Lord continues to reign and we will live under his protective care. We will not suffer the dangers of daytime alone. We don't need to be afraid of sunstroke. In the tropics, the um, ozone layer is really thin. The sun is intense and dangerous. 30 minutes in the sun and someone with a light complexion is fried. You can get dehydrated very quickly. Now, in the heat of our COVID crisis, we can live under the safe shadow of Yahweh's wings. Similarly, we will not suffer the dangers of the nighttime alone. Again, in the ancient world, many believed that the moon's rays could drive you crazy. We do not need to live with fear of being moonstruck, mentally unbalanced. Unlike many gods of the ancient world who were believed to descend to the underworld at night, the Lord, Yahweh, he's ready and available, protecting us during the day and the night. Life is full of dangers, but the Lord is a match for them all. Healthy or sick, struggling financially or with plenty, virus or no virus, we can dwell under his almighty shadow. And then the priestly blessing ends emphatically with this. Verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You're going out and you're coming in. That's a way to talk about our our daily movements. The priest is saying to the pilgrim, whether you are going to work and coming home, Or going to school and coming home, or going on a long trip and coming home, or making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem and coming home, the Lord is present, guarding and sustaining and helping you. He's with you wherever you go. So the pilgrim can confidently say, My helper, he's with me in all places. These verses portray the Lord's, Yahweh's protective care as something that moves around with the psalmist. His care is not only available on a high mountain or in a, in a place of refuge or in the temple in Jerusalem. No, the Lord is present everywhere with his people. As the songwriter exclaims in Psalm 139, verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I, shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. The Lord, Yahweh, is like a bodyguard who accompanies you wherever you go. In my previous role, I traveled a lot to every continent, often to those off-the-map places, the destinations tourists avoid, but where life is interesting. Judy would often lose track of where I was in the world. She had to trust the Lord's protective care. One of the lessons I learned as I meandered around the world was the Lord, Yahweh, he's everywhere. He's the same everywhere. He's unchangeable I learned the words of Jesus to be true, quoted in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then the author of Hebrews writes this in verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, end of quote. He's the great I am. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He has authority over all things. We have no need to fear. Maybe life feels volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous right now. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you can sing openly and confidently, unashamedly, the song of Psalm 121. My helper, the Lord, He has the whole universe in His hands. He's my personal helper. He never tires. He's with me at all times, in all places. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. There have been too many crises. You can't pick yourself up again. You're too ashamed to ask for help. You're done. Know that God is not done with you. Know that he has purposes for you. Both during and after this crisis. Your weakness and vulnerability are an invitation for God, the Lord, Yahweh, to reveal himself to you. Recently, a young Japanese man in Osaka reached the end of himself. He had gone to a gospel music concert about three years ago and was surprised by the presence of God, what he felt. But he did not allow that experience of God to change his life in any way. Then COVID-19 happened. He was one of the many that lost their jobs during the shutdown. He came to a place where he knew he would not be able to pay his rent. It was a moment of personal crisis for him, of shame for him. He had vowed that he would never ask anyone for money, but he knew that he needed help. The night before he went to see a Christian friend, he had a dream. He dreamed that a typewriter was pounding out a message that read this. It's okay. You can break your vow. Later, I will give you a chance to help someone and your shame will be erased. This is something I want you to know. When there's no one else to help you, I will help you myself. The young man understood the message to be from God. The next day as he walked the streets of Osaka with his Christian friend, unable to sit down because of the lockdown, They talked about what it would mean for him to have Jesus as his helper, his savior, his Lord. In a dark and empty park, he invited Jesus to enter his life. His moment of desperation, when he was at the end of himself, became a doorway into relationship with the maker of heaven and earth, his creator. You see, Jesus came from heaven to earth because we could not help ourselves. He revealed the heart of God. While on earth, he set captives free. He gave sight to the blind. He freed the spiritually oppressed. And he continues to do these very things to this day. Jesus, he was obedient to death on a cross, a cruel cross, so that he might take your sin and my sin upon himself and open the way for our sins to be forgiven and for us to have relationship with God, for us to receive the gift of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, our Helper, who is with all who follow him at all times, in all places. He never tires. He will never leave us. You see, we all need help. We have no need to be ashamed. And if you have never asked Jesus to be your Helper, to be your Savior, you can pray with me right now. Bow your head and pray and follow my prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you came to help me. And I acknowledge in this moment, Lord, that I really need help. I'm confused. I'm weary. I'm struggling to move forward. I acknowledge that I have lived independently of you. I actually haven't given you a lot of thought. I've tried to go my own way, but I acknowledge today that I need you so desperately in my life. Jesus, I need help. Thank you for coming to earth and taking my sin upon yourself, for dying on the cross, for paying the price I couldn't pay, for opening the way to the Father, for me to have relationship with you, Jesus, and for your Holy Spirit to abide in me. Holy Spirit, enter my life. Help me to live the way that you want me to live. Jesus, I want to be like you. Father, I thank you for adopting me into your family, for making me your child. And so do your work in me. I ask for your help. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I'd encourage you to talk to your friend, uh, connect with us. You can click the I commit myself to Jesus button. We would be happy to help you in your journey. Just don't keep that decision to yourself. Tell someone you know that can help you. And now, uh, just a prayer for all of us who are following Jesus and need help today. Lord, thank you for the way that you've revealed yourself to us. Thank you that you are the maker of heaven and earth. Thank you that you are our creator. Thank you that you are good and present and powerful and gracious and merciful. You are so much more than anything that we can imagine. And we thank you, Lord, that you are compassionate and ready to help us. And so we surrender ourselves to you Lord, some are in need of employment. Others are in need of counsel. Some are in need of of encouragement in relation to their education. Some need help at home. Life is just crazy with uh, aging parents and children and just so much going on. Lord, I pray for the peace of your spirit to reign in the heart of each follower of yours. And may we look to you for help in this day. Thank you that you are our helper, that you never tire, that you're with us at all times, in all places. And now, a blessing over your people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.